Would you pray with me? Holy God, reveal your presence to us today as we continue this Lenten journey with your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to hear your word. Give us wisdom to understand your teaching and reflect it on our lives, that we may be messengers of your love and grace given through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In his holy name we pray. Amen. Have you ever thought or said, why has this happened to me? Why me? About 10 years ago, I was in worship and listening to a sermon in a pew. The preacher shared a story which broke my narrow perspective. I don't remember the whole story, but I do remember the end of the story. It questions, why not me? A part of our human mind wants to know why, what causes things to happen in our lives. Why did it happen to me? Why am I sick? Why did I lose my job, my loved one, and my relationship and friendship? A question of why often leads us to have a clear and objective viewpoint in our lives. It also often blinds our eyes and leads us to blame something, someone, and even God. Is our Christian life about why? Or why not? Which enables us to see something we couldn't realize under the shadow of why. Today, we continue our worship series, Last Words, Jesus' Last Words on the Cross. On the first Sunday of Lent, we heard Jesus' words of grace and forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Last Sunday, the second Sunday of Lent, we heard Jesus' words of invitation and promise. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Today, on the third Sunday of Lent, we continue taking the journey with Jesus Christ on the cross. Our scripture comes from the 15th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 33 through 39. I want you to close your eyes and imagine being there within the story. Open your senses to what you might hear, see, and feel. Listen now for the word of God. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemas bakdanai which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, listen, he is calling for Elijah. And someone ran, filled a sponge with a sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, 
Let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way, he breathed his last. He said, truly, this man was God's son. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. What did you hear in this story? I heard Jesus painful shouting on the cross. I heard people continue mocking Jesus. I heard a sound that proclaimed that the curtain of the temple was ripped apart. I heard a centurion's voice confessing Jesus as the Son of God. What did you see in the story? I saw the darkness surrounding the whole land. I saw a person giving Jesus a sour wine by using a sponge on a stick. I also saw Jesus taking his last breath and dropping his head down. I saw curious or frightened faces of the crowd looking up at Jesus dying on the cross. Is there anything else I didn't hear or see in the story? Oftentimes, scripture has more than what we read in the written words. Our understanding is limited to our own knowledge and experiences from the 20th and the 21st centuries. Or we remember just a specific scene from a movie or video clip we watched before. We also make a connection between scripture and a familiar hymn and Christian music. My point is that our scriptural understanding doesn't see the whole picture all the time. I used to think that Jesus crying out showed his weakness as a human. That's because one of our essential Christian beliefs is that Jesus is fully divine and fully human. As a son of God, Jesus took flesh, so like most of us could do, he saw, heard, ate, felt, and walked on earth. So my thought was just simple. Jesus was also your human, wanted to avoid his death if possible. In addition to that, right before Jesus' arrest, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. Jesus knew this was God's will and surrendered himself to God and God's plan, including inevitable death. Yet, he was still afraid of impending death. For these reasons, my understanding of today's scripture was about Jesus' humanity for many years. Now I know I was wrong. 
I didn't see the whole picture behind the written words. Jesus died on the cross, not because he was caught and couldn't escape the death, but because he chose to die. He voluntarily entered Jerusalem, where he knew he would be arrested, mocked, and crucified. He knew that one of his disciples would betray him and another would deny him but he didn't exclude them in his last meal. He knew that his blood would clean everyone's sins away and save humanity from the chain of sin and death. He knew that he had to die as a lamb of God and as the eternal sacrifice for universal redemption, literally for everyone, even including those who crucified him. Then why, why did he cry out that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did he change his mind after horrible suffering and the pain on the cross? Did he really think that God, his father, left and abandoned him? Did he wish that God chose somebody else instead of him? His loud cry, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani, is not a voice of resentment, frustration, and wrath. It is not about human weakness. It is not about God's abandonment. Here is what we can't hear while the crowd heard in the story. Through his last words, Jesus pointed the crowd out to one of David's psalms, Psalm 22. It was Jesus' prayer to God. It was a voice of hope and trust. Psalm 22 begins with the exact same saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Jews in the crowd indeed knew what followed Jesus' saying. Because the psalm was one of their songs to God, and it was part of their worship and life. Psalm 22 is David's plea for deliverance from suffering and hostility. David doesn't deny the despair and frustration in the world. David exactly knows his reality. He has trouble, and there is no help. People scorn and despise him. Enemies surround him. And he is physically afraid and trembled from the situation. However, he doesn't forget who God is and how powerful God is. He knows God is the only one who could save him. He remembers his ancestors' history, who trusted God and God's deliverance. David praises God's holiness and sovereignty over the whole earth, all the nations. He also praises God's dominion, 
which is not limited to the current time. Even though who sleep in the earth, the dead, future generations, and the unborn also bow down and serve God. David glorified the everlasting God in his desperate situation. David also praises God who has known him from his mother's womb and protected him. If you read the psalm, you will notice that it is not full of praises in good order. The psalm which begins the question, why have you forsaken me, contains a grumbling sound. And there are many yet and buts. I cry, but you don't answer, yet you are holy. They mock at me, yet you took me from the womb. After David shares his fearful situation, he calls out God as his help. Isn't it like our pure, messy mind on most of the days? We believe in God, and we want to have more strong faith. But at the same time, we have to fight against doubts and questions in our hearts. We know God is good all the time, but we question what God is doing now for us. David's sincere prayer is just like our mind. He prayed to God. He prayed to God even with his troubled heart. In the dangerous and acute situation, he prayed and struggled with God to find a message of hope and trust, and to reassure himself that God is with him and God certainly saves him. On the cross, when Jesus struggled with great physical pain, he taught the crowd through his short prayer, which could be completed by the crowd. His last prayer was indeed a reminder of a hope that can be found only in God, that everyone in the time and our time needed to hear. When Jesus took his last breath on the cross, the temple's curtain was torn from top to the bottom. Everything else happened in Golgotha where Jesus died. There was a reason to add a sentence in a different space right after Jesus' death. In the Israelites' tradition, the descendants of Aaron, one of Jacob's 12 sons and tribes, had been responsible for the temple and all sacrifices in the temple. They moved the temple wherever the Israelites moved. And whenever the Israelites moved from here to there, people had to go through them to give offerings to God. Only the chosen group had a direct connection to God. The tradition has sustained until Jesus' time. And they, as a priest, played a role 
of the bridge between God and the Israelites. When Jesus died, the curtain in the temple was torn down. The place that only the chosen group could enter became open to all. That is because Jesus died as the ultimate sacrifice for the whole world. It means that sacrifices are no longer needed for God's salvation. It also means that the unseen wall between God and humanity was collapsed. That is, God becomes accessible to everyone as Jesus died not only for Jews, but for everyone, including those who were marginalized, rejected, and unwelcome in the society, those who had no animal and food to bring to the temple, men and women, the young and old, the sick and healthy. Through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, the way of salvation was open to all for free without condition. The cross is indeed a message of hope. The Synoptic Gospel, the first three books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, includes an identical story that Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. Each gospel describes this scene slightly different, but all of them is followed by Jesus saying, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. In this season of Lent, Jesus calls us again, if you want to become my follower, deny yourself and take up your own cross and follow me. What does this mean to us in our time? Of course, there is pain on the cross. Yet, do we hear a message of hope? Do we see resurrection after death on the cross? I hope your answer to Jesus' invitation to the cross is not why me. I sincerely hope and pray that all of us can say, why not me? So that all of us surrender ourselves to God and participate in God's and Jesus' ministry, which never ended on the cross. Whether it has continued through our faithful ancestors and us, and it will continue through our next generations to come. My friends in Christ, hear the message of hope on the cross. See yourself taking up your own cross and following Jesus. Through each one of us, God's work of salvation continues now and forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.